Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Relationships and people are key. Like the key to anything is to build solid relationships, be talking to people, which is one of the biggest reasons I'm here. I'm here to connect with people and to really like learn about them and to be giving to them because people aren't interested in what you want. They're like everybody is selfish and like that's it's a sad truth, but really by giving to people what they want, then they learn to they like you and they trust you. And that's really the key to building anything. Hey, Rudder Nation, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living in the areas of your faith, family, and career. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in this episode, I'm bringing to you a conversation I had at Podcast Movement 2022 with Ken Carfagno and his son, Kenny Carfagno. Now, the cool thing about Ken is that he was a corporate employee on a track to be an executive leader someday, but he hung that up to become a, the owner of a cleaning business, and he's now the founder and owner of Smart Cleaning School. In this episode, we're going to be talking about his father-son connection, the legacy that a father can leave with his son, and choosing family over business. With all that, we also get to hear from Kenny and the lessons he's learned from seeing his father and his mother run a business for pretty much his whole life. Because when Ken left his job to become the owner of a cleaning business, Kenny was just a baby. So we're going to hear that story on a deeper level. We're going to link it back to an old episode that we did uh, together, both Ken and I, when we met at another podcast movement over in Nashville in 2021. And it's just going to grow. It's a great conversation. So sit back, relax, bust out a notebook. Here we go. All right. I am here with Ken Carfagno and his son, Kenny Carfagno. Um, and if you if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because one year ago, uh, Ken and I uh, did episode 299. We recorded that episode. Um, you're like, wait, the math doesn't add up. And that's right, because when we did that recording, I had 20 episodes ahead of it. It finally aired as episode 299 and episode 300 was when Ken flipped the squid. Uh, flipped the script on me and interviewed me for the show. And so we're here at Podcast Movement 2022 in Dallas, Texas, just down the road from home for me and I guess down the country yes. for y'all because you're from the East Coast. Uh, so here we are again. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. It's great to be here in this booth right now with no my oldest. My oldest son is with me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yes. So... What we didn't tell Ken is we're going to tell all the embarrassing stories of your dad, right? Oh, yes. Let's do all right. It. Here we go. So the roasting of... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Wait. Oh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the interview back on me now. <laughs> the switcheroo. Uh, plot no. twist. This is going to be fun, Kenny. This is going to be awesome. Uh, so when Ken and I were on the show, if you if you remember it vividly, like it was episode 299, uh, he and I were talking about like our dreams and our vision of like what family life should look like for us as men. Uh, you know, Ken was pursuing a corporate leadership role and he was being developed for it, trained for it. And one day you had that, uh, that, that presentation from an executive that just 
got asked the question that probably was not supposed to be asked by any leader in any company. And that was, what's your family life like, sir? And, and, uh, pin drop in the room, man. Yeah. And that guy, the executive, you said in that episode, and guys, go back beyondtherut.com slash 299. Uh, and I only remember that, by the way, because my episode was 300 and I just minus <laughs> one and that's how you get there. So it's all math, guys. Uh, so anyway, the, the shoulders of that executive who was all pumped up about the direction of the company slumps down yeah. and says to the crowd, uh, if you want to do what I do, don't expect to have a personal life. And that was like the wake up call for Ken. That it was like, I don't want to be like that guy. I thought I did. That is not what I want. I don't want to look back and realize I don't live at home with my wife and that my kids don't know who I am. That's got to be different. And that was like your disengagement from then until they fired you, which was exactly two years later. Uh, three, three years later. That is some serious three. survival, by the way. It was. Thank yeah, you. Cause yeah. I would have fired you within six months. Like, <laughs> Hey Ken, you're not cutting it. Do you want to be here? No, I don't. All right. Yeah, well, well, I go gradually thing you want to do. down yeah. how often I was showing up on time. <laughs> yeah. Not too nice yeah. of guy. I wouldn't have fired you in six months. But, you know, it it, was, it, <laughs> it was would have been like three years. <laughs> a couple things though. It was certainly, that was a huge piece. And then within a week, I mean, this is God getting a hold of me and saying, like, grab me by the neck collar and say, dude, listen to me. I'm t- here's this. Okay. Yeah. Now, and then it was, okay, honey, let's watch a movie. Movie night. Let's watch The Family Man, which is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Well, It's a Wonderful Life. Then The Family Man. Have you ever seen, <laughs> you ever seen The Family Man with Nicolas Cage? Oh, that one. I thought you were talking about the cartoon. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, not that one. Sorry. No, I got to go back and <laughs> no, watch that movie then. Yeah. yeah homework, homework. The family Man. Come on, people out there. Beyond the ride. You ever seen this? How is... many of you rolled your eyes at me just now? Just Come raise on. Raise your hand. Family Man. Nicolas Cage. Remember this? He's a highfalutin executive president, president of the company. He points, oh, to the okay. wall, points to the wall. But he had this, uh, he had this, this memory. He had a girlfriend from college and th- he was going on a internship for the summer. And she said, don't go, don't go. And it was this moment at the airport and he says, I'll just be gone for a little bit. And they were super close and they would have gotten married, had a family. And he comes back and they don't, they don't connect. Really? They don't connect. And he goes on and he pursues. How long was he gone? I think the summer. Two days. <laughs> they were maybe. <laughs> they weren't but that close. He, he comes, he comes back. <laughs> And he just goes and pursues the career. He poured all in. He became that executive that said, if you want to have my life, he became that guy, president of the company. And you see the life he was living. He had the Lamborghini. He had all the money, but he was so alone. On Christmas Eve, you know, a strange woman, I guess one that he knew, would come knock on the door and come in. And that was his Christmas. And he loved this life, but that's that's all he had. He was alone. And then he went into this convenience store. You have not seen this? I have not seen this. Yeah. He goes into a convenience store to get eggnog or something, right? And there's a robbery in progress, but it was staged, like a, a, a God coincidental kind of staging. Okay. And he goes in like, tries to stop the robbery. And then what happens is the guy that was pretending to, to hold up the store, he ends up like, dude, you don't get it. Like, what do you mean? I don't get it. He says, you've just, you've just earned yourself a gift. He's like, what do you mean? I'm going to give you a glimpse. Like snap the finger, wow. and then he's like, what, cool. "Whatever." Goes back to his room, wakes up, and now that girlfriend, he's married to her. There's two kids, and he's a dad. He's just dropped from this position in the corporate world. He's dropped into family life, being a dad. Yeah, and now he's had. I guess it's about a month. He's got a month where he's getting to live the life he would have had if he had not left his wow. his sweetheart. Okay. And it's so amazing to see this this life because it, it just shows you the difference between that corporate rut, even though he enjoyed it, that rut he was in, yeah. to 
what his life could have been like. And then it gets depressing at the end because it's, you know, he has to go back to his old life and he loses it. And then they find a way at the end to try and, you know, try and make it a happy ending. But just the movie just spoke so much to me. I'd seen that movie right at the same time as that executive told me those words. And those were a couple of those big straws, like boom, boom, and then the Campbell's back, however yeah. that expression goes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then so you wound up disengaging. Eventually, three years later, they catch up to you. Gone. Like, yeah, they let you go. And I, I love like the rest of the story, which you got home and your wife's like, yeah, hey, that sounds nice. You got like six houses to clean tomorrow, by the way, because she had started a cleaning business. <laughs> uh, there's a little more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have like, been great, though. Generalize it. Like, that was, that's the story I tell at the office. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, Ken, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't tell to my team because then they're like, hey, wait, what are we doing here then? It's like, uh, guys, fast forward this part if you're listening. Um, right. You love working for Jerry. You love working yes. for Jerry. Jerry is the best. <laughs> He is the best. And this guy next to me yeah, Kenny. was 10 months old. Oh, when that, oh you were the baby in the He arms. was the baby. Okay. He was the baby. No longer. Wow. He's taller than me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old are you now, Kenny? I am 17. 17. High school. Yes. Senior year? Yes. It is. All right. Cool. That was a good guess. 50-50 shows. Senior <laughs> senior yeah, and, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Awesome. And so, uh, Kenny, you've seen your dad like him as a business person, uh, self-employed at first, running a business, eventually the, the business changing over time. Uh, what would you say are some of the lessons you picked up from seeing your dad and your mom run a business like that as opposed to a nine-to-five job? Well, what I've really gotten to see is the freedom that they have earned so slowly over this time. And just like it's a different perspective than like a lot of the kids my age are seeing. Like they see their parents going to work, doing all that, doing their nine-to-five. But I get to see this whole new world, and I see so many more options. Like you, you tell me, Dad, that when you were my age, that you were like you saw your parents going to work, and like that's that's all you thought where the options were. But now I see like there's these two different worlds, and I can choose the freedom of a business, or I could choose to have a job. But it's 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 my choice, and I can like that's what I really. Yeah. have loved about growing up or in you, this environment if you do get a nine-to-five job like you at least understand like some of the boundaries and and the the things that are at stake because yeah exactly um, yeah that's something i tend to surprise people about that you know i i don't want to put 70 hours of work into the office i could uh but you know at the end of the day you know when i die i don't want to be like yeah i was known for answering all my emails Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, like, you want to make an impact in the world. Right? People to remember you. Like, yeah, you come to your funeral. Like, who are all these people? The people that you made an impact on with the things that you did with your life, not yeah. just that I made money or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I know people who prided themselves on coming into the office on a Sunday to check their email or to sign off on timesheet, and it's like, wow. But didn't your son have a football game that day? Or like, hey, didn't your family go to church and you came to the office? Like, hmm. So funny. Related slash unrelated thing. We're taking the uh, airplane down from Philadelphia to Dallas, and we got rerouted because there was a massive flood yeah. on Monday. So we, we needed had, that rain here, by the way. Just, well, well yeah. I'm sure you'll take it. <laughs> we didn't need to be stranded in Arkansas for two and a half no, hours. No, no. They're better and, states you could. I'm sorry, Sean. Sorry. I'm just kidding. And I'm sorry, Billy, if you're listening. <laughs> they're we, we were stranded. But here's what was what was interesting. This guy, you know what he's watching? What show is he watching? Like 12 episodes of. He's laughing. What did you watch? I watched The Office. Oh man, so it's the, so the, funny. The, the, I mean, the epitome great. of the rut. <laughs> the epitome of the rut is the show The Office. Yeah, Dwight. Oh, right. Yes, like he, yes. and so he's watching. He's watching this the whole time on the plane, 
And wouldn't you know it that just a few days later you're on an interview with a you know a podcast that's getting out of the rut, and you saw people, and you think it's funny. Yeah, cause there I, are people the humor like that's there. their life. That really is their life. That's why I was explaining yeah. to you. It's funny to me because I used to be in that desk and I experienced that rut. You think it's funny because they're just goofballs, right? Right, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's no, so true. I have seen some of those scenes actually me done too. in real life. You know, like training events or you know people raiding the fridge and the the break room you're like that is a tv show right does that just happen here in real life and, and, uh, so it's it blows my mind i guess it's like it's art imitating life in a sense it's like you know some of the funnier things that happen in the office that shouldn't that cross boundaries and so on but yeah that is that is something right there but yeah i think freedom is, is a really important thing that you picked up on because you see that uh, now you were homeschooled or yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so like, uh, it's, a, it's another thing too, because it's like the two worlds again, like there's the world of going to school. It's almost like a kid's nine to five. Yeah. And then I have homeschool. So I still have that freedom. I've gotten to experience that freedom throughout all my school years. Yeah. So that's just like a preview of what it'd be like to oh, be yeah. an entrepreneur. And it's kind of neat in a sense. You know, so the, uh, almost uh, some people think that not going to a regular school is a double-edged sword. I mean, we sent ours to public school mainly because we just didn't want to do it. <laughs> so it was like that. We're like, okay, but we got to be prepared to talk to them about the things they experience in school. Like they're going to, they're going to see a dark side of life and we're not going to be as close during the day. So we got to be intentional at night when they get home. Um, which by the way, you know, before the industrial age, parents and their kids were side by side a lot. Unless, you know, one of the parents took off on a voyage for months or years. I mean, in a gregarian society that was agricultural, you know, the kids were on the farm just like mom and dad. And, uh, you know, if if you worked in an office, kids were in the shop. And yeah. son. Yeah. That was the name of the businesses downtown. Yeah. Right. And son. Jerry and son. Sanford and son. Ken and son. <laughs> Sanford and son. Oh, man. You've never seen that show, no, have he you? Has no idea. <laughs> Red Fox. I got, oh, a, I got something I think is a good kind of tangent off of the legacy piece something that i have been really pondering and it's been formulating like a life a life goal a life mission and i because we did this interview last year we touched on so many topics we talked oh, yeah. we, we, we dug into family into work into health into spiritual and i know that your audience there there are a lot of of christians in the audience yeah and so <laughs> so yeah exactly so i want to share this with you me being a christian me personally having a goal, my wife and I, that we are disciples. It's like, that's very important to us. We're a follower of Jesus. And this is something that, like, when I ask the question, what is, like, your life's mission? And I think about it. The, when I see our first son coming up to age to become an adult, like, wow, this is actually happening. And he's following Jesus just like we are, just like we've 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 prayed. And this is what we, we have desired a life of time and freedom. Not that we have achieved a... a hyper you know level of it. we've but we've been home we've been able to pour into our children for as many years as, as god has allowed us to and so here's the life the life vision and mission that my wife and i have and it's for Teresa, my wife Teresa, for Teresa and i to see our children following jesus to the fourth generation oh wow to see yeah. our children following jesus to the fourth generation and i i share that because it opens up like different avenues of ruts people can be in. So first of all, when I say that, okay, that means that um, the math on that's not really 
good. Like, okay, fourth <laughs> generation, that means I'm a great, great grandfather. Yeah. And to see them following Jesus, that means I'd like to see them receive Jesus and then get baptized. That oh, means, you don't count as the first generation. No, no, no. Well, well, better no. be healthy then. No, so Start you're talking, the math on that, I'd have to be about 100 years old. Yeah. And so that's many years. That means health. Yeah. I need to get out of any health ruts I'm in. Health has to become a very important piece. I need to stay eating well, sleeping well, exercising well. Health needs to be important. I can't just write it in. I need to be there. Because if I do all these other things and I, I die at 70 years old, then I didn't hit that goal. And then a second component is I need to be available, be home, be discipling my children. And then when the next generation comes, I'm a part of discipling my grandchildren. And my children are discipling their own children and so on. You get the third generation. I have an opportunity to disciple and be a part of the lives of my great-grandchildren. And I'm still walking around because I'm in good health. And so there's a lot of things that this insinuates is that health is going to be something vital to my wife and I. Um, and then following Jesus ourself and be always being a good example. There's not a lot of wiggle room. We, we need to continue to be the examples that we want to uh, propagate through the generations. And so that kind of a thing, I think about everything I'm doing, legacy, you can call that legacy, right? Everything I'm doing could have, I mean, is going to have an impact generations down the road. Yeah. And, and it's a long game too. So it's like, very long. it's not like, Hey, Kenny graduated. We're done. <laughs> it's no, let's go back to being like everybody else. And no, it's but, like, you got to keep striving for that improvement and then, you know, holding that grace too. Like, well, you ever hear the stories of the people and then in, in their deathbed, you ask them, so, you know, what's your biggest regret? And it's, it's painful. There's people that have written books on this. Like, what's the, what do they say? What are the common answers? And they never say like, like we were joking before the episode started, you know, how good you do at your, how, how great you were at your office, how many reports you completed. It's how, how, how much impact you have in, in a business you ran. No. They always say, I regret that I didn't spend more time with my kids. It's cats in the cradle. It's all the stuff that they wish they would have done. When you get to the end of your life, you realize what was really important. So I'm like, yeah. why don't I just make those things important now? Yeah, no one's ever said, man, I wish I would have checked more emails. Right, yeah. That's not a thing <laughs> yeah. someone says at their deathbed. You know, Man, I wish I got an A on that book report. Exactly. Like, I don't yeah. care about that book report. I wish I started that one more podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just... You know, the, the time spent with people is what matters most. And, and somebody had shared that with me that, you know, when we're talking about like our walk in in our faith as Christians, that it's not how many times do you go to church. It's not how many times you pray. It's not um, how much you give to the church. In the end, it's all about people. And, you know, who are the closest people we need to be pouring into? It's, you know, us as parents pouring into our kids, pouring into each other as parents, Um and then at some point, you, you trust that the kids go on and then pour into the next generation. So no pressure, Kenny. That's <laughs> so on the way, on on the flight from it, Philadelphia to Atlanta a couple of days ago, they were teasing me because you get on the airplane, it's 525 takeoff, and I meet this incredible friend. His name is Mike Eddy. So Mike, yeah. if you're out there listening to this, you're like, wait, I talked to that guy on the airplane, now I'm being talked about on a podcast? Mike Eddy, 70 years old. He's got he's got seven children, uh, nineteen grandchildren, and we talked the entire flight from Philadelphia to Atlanta. Wow. I don't, I have not done that Th much. This was two hours, two hours yeah. straight through. And here's the thing: I was sitting in the middle of them too, so I was just <laughs> stuck, like leaning back. And so were you stuck like a you know like cat looking at a laser light, exactly, like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And forth. But it was you had like a buff neck by the end. So still making fun of me. This is the roasting of death. <laughs> yeah, but the the part that I absolutely love just. 
listening to his story, his life story, and to see that he's built a successful financial planning wealth advisor company and and he's out traveling with friends all over Europe. He's coming back home to see his 19 grandchildren. He also has been able, his family has been able to stay together all in the Atlanta area. So there's not many of them that have like left. It's not like I have seven kids in seven different states. All of his grandchildren can come to the house on Sunday for, for, for brunch or after church. And then the, the thing he told me, he writes like, um, some kind of a, an article, a newsletter. Uh, I don't remember all the details of it, but one of the questions was like, Mike, what's the meaning of life? And he has a lot of perspective. He's a fellow Christian man. He's like, meaning of life. And you can go so many different directions with this. And he has explained he's got friends that view view this differently, how they view success, how they view the meaning of life. And he says to him, it's relationships. Yeah. It's just simple. It's relationships. It's all about people. Yeah. It's all about people. You know, the secret to being a great leader? Relationships. Uh, treating your people like people, not cogs on a wheel. Um and that, that's coming from a guy who was a military leader. Like, you know, my team felt the safest, uh, were willing to do the most for the mission when I treated them like a human being, uh, a smart human being who could make their own decisions, given the right information, given all the information to process, and then given my intent. This is what I need to get done. This is what we have to work with. And the ones who felt motivated and trusted me, I felt that they had that connection there. We're like, yes, we'll go knock this out. And then they'll go above and beyond. And you're like, Wow. Uh, and then the ones I did not have good rapport with, uh, which only like one guy, really, um, he would just find a way to disappear for an hour or two. And then we'd all go looking for him. I'm like, ah, come on. I can't say his name because, well, I'm not on Facebook anymore. So his name is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, man. it's vital. I mean, we're involved in, um, in ministry for <clears throat> building men called the Royal yeah. Rangers at our church. It's a very active ministry. It's, it's global. And I can remember situations. He was younger. He's been involved in that. He's he's reached the highest point, which is called the GMA. It's the equivalent of an Eagle Scout for Boy Scouts. Yeah. Okay. And I remember just situations like the opposite of that, what you just mentioned with the military. There's boys that were kind of troublemakers, but they were the leaders of the pack. Yeah. And if I went in there and just started telling them, hey, boys, you got to do this because I'm the authority figure, right? I'm the adult. <laughs> they, they wouldn't listen. No. But when I would go connect with them and just get to know them, like, tell me about your family. What do you like to do? And just connect with them, earn, earn their trust, earn their respect. And then when I would ask them to do something, they would start listening. And better yet, when other kids weren't listening to me, they would go, Hey, listen to Commander Ken. And wow. they would, they would fight for me. They would want on my side. Yeah. And it was that relationship, the connecting with them as a person, getting to know them, showing like, the expression, people don't care how much you know. Yeah. Until they know how much you care, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what they teach people who are going through school to learn how to be teachers. That, that phrase right there. Uh, so Kenny, uh, question for you is, uh, you know, what's something that you've learned from your dad that he may not know you learned from him that has just resonated with you whenever you encounter any kind of issue in life? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Ooh, 
That's a hard question. Yes, it is. It is a hard question. <laughs> now I'm going to edit this, and it'll sound like you came up with the answer like that. Yes. <laughs> it's going to make you sound so smart. Right? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. The power of editing. He's buying time. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, we'll just... We're, we're talking about, like, relationships and, and people. So, like, that's definitely something. Just watching him interact with, with people and the way he does things. It's, it's never to take things. It's always always giving. It's, it's the giving. Like, I've learned... I've, I've been digging into like self-help books recently and I'm seeing a consistent thread of the key to success is giving, 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 having relationships with people. Like that's, it's a pretty big thing. And I feel like that's something I've definitely learned. And there have been like, there's definitely parts where my dad has taught me like outright all this stuff, but like, it's like example is one of the best teachers too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I think with my own kids, especially like they never really did what I said they definitely did what I did. Got to practice what you preach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right down to now, those who are listening don't see this, but in the army, we have this thing, this gesture we call the knife hand because it's not polite to point in the army. It's not polite to point anywhere. So you, you have your fingers all together and you point like that. Hey, I need you to go knock out this or I need you to go do that. And so we call it knife hand because it's like a knife cutting through things. Uh, well, it turns out my first couple of years being a parent, I was also Sergeant Dugan, so I, I pointed a lot like that, um, just out of habit. Um, and one day, we're driving somewhere, and our kids are fighting in the back seat. They're arguing, like, my daughter's two, my son is four, something like that. Maybe three and five, but they're, they're real little. And I don't know what they're arguing about, um, but I hear my son yell to her, my daughter, who's younger. And, like, he says, didn't you hear me say no? And in the rearview mirror, I see this little hand going across this knife hand, this five-year-old boy knife hand going across like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my son just did knife hand. And as soon as I was thinking that, I hear this three-year-old little girl voice say, didn't you hear me say yes? And her knife hand went the other way. <laughs> and so they were like overlapping knife hands and I just started dying. I had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. And my wife's like, what? I'm like, they just knife handed each other in that argument. She goes, that is, no way. That is hilarious. And so my wife was like, you probably need to stop doing that. And I'm like, I know. They just knife handed each other. It's crazy. <laughs> Didn't Jeremy say no? Didn't Jeremy say yes? And they, oh my gosh, that I still crack up about it. They don't remember doing that, <laughs> but it's seared in my mind. Uh, so, oh man. Um, and we've talked about fatherhood. We talked about, you know, how family is so important. Relationships are so important. We've tied it into leadership. We've tied it into parent. Um, and, you know, from that, you know, it's, we're getting close to that time to wrap up. So I'm like, ah, what's the thing I want to do? Uh, normally what I'll do is I'll offer up the opportunity for you to have a final word of wisdom. So uh, since Ken already got one the last time he was on the show, uh, you know, Kenny, you know, actually, first, before we even get to that, you know, what's on the horizon for you? Because you're, you're here at Podcast Movement, not just to hang out with dad. I mean, you are, but um, you're here actually with your own like name tag and it has like a consulting or editing firm on it tell us about that because i want to hear a little bit about that so it's like apple didn't far from, fall far from the tree here all right so i am running a podcast editing business called outsource your podcast and what i'm doing is i'm like people will give me their raw shows <laughs> sort of like this show <laughs> and i'll do everything basically from it and i'll like i'll edit it process it and get it onto the host so nice. they don't have to think about it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing that and I want to be, I actually want to grow that out more eventually to have a team. Um, I actually have a passion for real estate investing too. Okay. So I want to be able to grow my podcast editing business to fuel 
my real estate business. Nice. So I have like nice. two, but they're like one in the same. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what I see in the future for myself. But I mean, we'll see where God takes yeah. me. Oh yeah, yeah. It's multiple streams of income too. So oh that's yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is really cool. Is to, to yeah, because there are people out there who they have a great message, but they have no confidence in their ability to handle technology. And then there are people who are like, hey, I can handle technology like nothing. And, yeah, because if, if you have a great message on a podcast, but you don't know how to communicate that through the podcast, it can it can make you not seem like the expert that you really oh, yeah. are. Yeah. So it's by taking the, the maybe iffy audio files and you make make them sound professional, but still really authentic as who they really authentic as to who they are. It gives them that expertise and. It makes them the authority in their industry. Nice. Nice. And then if people want to reach out to you to have you work on their show, where is the best way for them to go to get in contact with you? Probably my website, All which right. is outsourceyourpodcast.com. That is simple. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done that with my first website. I'm I did crying not. over here. Right? I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> you did good. You did good, Dad. All right. So what are your final words of wisdom for those listening in? Final words of wisdom. Yeah. Maybe for the kids, whoever the kids are yeah. the people listening. Yeah, listen to Gabriel from this morning's keynote, right? Let's start tapping into the next generation because they're growing up with these devices. This will probably be on YouTube, by the way. So, uh, yeah. So, Kenny, <laughs> no pressure. Final words of wisdom so to those probably listening Probably it's related to what I was saying earlier. Like, relationships and people are key. Like, the key to anything is to build solid relationships, be talking to people, which is one of the biggest reasons I'm here. I'm here to connect with people. And to really like learn about them and to be giving to them because people aren't interested in what you want. They're like, everybody is selfish and like that's, it's a sad truth, but really by giving to people what they want, then they learn to, they like you and they trust you. And that's really the key to building anything. Yeah. I once heard from a a 19 year old. Well, I didn't hear it directly from the 19 year old um, because he had passed away from cancer, but I heard from his father that, um, one of the things that son Hayden would say is uh, why we need to take the word self out of self-help. And so hearing you say that, I'm that like, is good. wow, there's something about our youth that they get it. You know, they understand servant leadership. They understand the power of helping others and paying it forward and not expecting a payment in return. Uh, so that's really powerful. Kenny, thanks for dragging your dad back in here into the studio. <laughs> uh, you're <laughs> welcome. Might have been the other way around, but you know. Uh, and, and also, special shout out to HubSpot. Um, they have these two booths here at Podcast Movement, and um, so they're letting podcasters jump in here at one-hour blocks, and I already used up my one-hour block. We're actually using somebody else's. So whoever flakes <laughs> on your 430 block thank here you. at Podcast Movement, we thank you because um, we got to have this conversation. Yeah. And, and yes, I mean, this is only day two. I will be staking out this place. And every time there is a flake, I'm jumping in and taking an opportunity. We'll Unless you guys shifts. are doing it too. We'll take yeah, shifts take guarding shifts. it. <laughs> you get the 30 minute. I'll get the on the hour. We got this. We got this. Yeah, we're, we're back on over. tomorrow. <laughs> Johnny Dewan's gonna be like, "Who are these guys? They're in here like half the time." <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, we'll we'll just keep trucking along and and living life to the fullest. That was good. Thank thanks you. so much, Jerry. Now, I hope you got a lot of insights and inspiration from Ken and Kenny's story in this conversation. I know I did. I love these guys. I love talking with them. I'm friends with them. We stay in touch. All the good things. Now, you can check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 350. And if you're looking for a way to map out your life so that you're choosing success on your terms in the areas of your faith, 
family, fitness, finances, and your future, then I recommend you buy a copy of my book, Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. It's available on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com, search Beyond the Rut. Get yourself a copy. If you buy a copy, you get a free copy of the audiobook. There you go. Now, I'm, I'm glad you joined me this week. I look forward to joining you again on the next episode. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.